This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast, which this week is a BAFTA special. And the BAFTA is awarded to Roma. So it's Monday morning, the morning after the BAFTAs, and I'm joined once again by Jack Howard. Jack, Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Last night you went to the BAFTAs and I stayed at home and watched them on television. I, had, I should say that I have, I've done the BAFTAs. All oh, right, so you've been there, done that. I've been there, done that. Don't need I to have, do it again. I am three times your age. I did present a BAFTA once. Many years ago I presented the BAFTA for Best Foreign Language Film. I did the most brilliant speech. It was hilarious. I did this whole thing about international language of film, which is so fabulous because it means that through the miracle of subtitles we can understand all these different things. But Americans will still feel the need to remake. But Hollywood will still feel the need to remake them uh, in American. Big laugh, you know, blah 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 blah. Unfortunately, when I rang my family to say how was I, they went, "You weren't in it," <laughs> and that was the year that they didn't broadcast the best part. Oh. I was in the also in tonight's ceremony. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A shot of me going, "The girl with the dragon tattoo." That was it. <laughs> that was it. Nothing else. Um, so I watched it on television, so I understand that I will have missed some things. Yes. Perhaps even the best things. Um, firstly, how was it for you? It was great. Like, it's I'm still got this sort of, like, childlike wonder about the whole thing. So you were still a child. Oh, sure. Um, and uh, I'm just sat there spotting people going, oh, there's Mahershali. Oh, look, Viggo Mortensen and Mahershali having a little conversation. Oh, no, Bradley Cooper's joined in. Like, it's just it's just me just sort of, like, looking over a balcony and going, oh, I want to be down there with you lot. Um, but the awards themselves were... Hang on, before you, it was the Royal Albert Hall, right? It was the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had a good seat. Uh, and I had a, I had a great seat because uh, like I, I went I was lucky enough to go a couple of years ago and I was sitting up in the nosebleeds yeah. um, and so I was like I don't care I'm going I don't I don't care where I'm sitting but I had yeah. like um, I was in like the the grand tier I think it's called the so, grand tier yeah so only like one floor up so um, yeah good view of all of it um, I got a good view for uh, all of Joanna Lumley's badly delivered and yeah. written humour how, how was that in the because I have to say I, watching it at home I, I thought one of two things I thought either the audience aren't laughing or the audience microphone isn't turned on and and I I confess that I mean last year I thought that Joanne Lumley was rather let down by her script writers I didn't think it was her fault I mean she's a yeah she's fantastic actor. But in the in the very first, the opening monologue, which is actually the thing which always sets out the table, which is the stuff that Stephen Fry always did so well. You know, he he would be witty and erudite and rude, but he'd get away with it. 
Joanna Longley was telling these punning jokes, and the, one of them was, she said, Steve Coogan is here, he helped me um, in the dressing room earlier on, because he's there for a stand on, he said, and as I said, here's another fine dress you got me into. And they cut to Steve Coogan, literally going, and then, did, and then she did the, and Spike Lee, whose film Black Klansman is brilliant, although I'm surprised it went down so well at the Klan Film Festival. And at that point, I nearly turned the television off because I thought, this isn't fair. You, you don't. Didn't somebody go, you know, we're not going to do that. Because it's not funny. I can just imagine, just like this off, like Mike, me just from miles away going stop it <laughs> stop doing that and i wouldn't be forgiven if i didn't mention richard e grant where are you richard where are you what a performance honestly an actor can wait decades for a role like that just slightly less time than you had to wait for a reply from Barbara Streisand, wasn't it, darling? What was that, 44 years? You know. But it's lovely to see Babs getting round to doing her correspondence. Well done, sweetheart. Makes me feel like a saint, actually. OK, so let's go through the awards. Let's start with the E Rising Star. This is the one that is voted for by uh, the public. That went to Letitia Wright, who seemed to be a very, very popular win. Yes, she, she, I, I, I've been quite good at predicting this award for the last few years. And this time I was like, I think it could go to any one of them. Like Because usually this is almost like a popularity contest. It's like, yeah. who's the most popular so far? Which was demonstrated by the year that... Um, Shia LaBeouf one right and you go he's like literally in some of the biggest films of the year it's not like he's a rising star he's like yeah. risen yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Tom Holland won I was like yeah he's Spider-Man <laughs> he's fine yeah but these ones like these were all fantastic um, Barry Keir and Cynthia Erivo Jesse Buckley who I think is brilliant Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Letitia Wright I, I would have been happy with any of them yeah but Letitia Wright gave a lovely speech yeah she she, she likes God yeah she does yeah she's a big she fan she God personally a lot a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did like that she um, took the time to mention mental health awareness and things like that. I thought that was a really good platform to do it, it on. Really great that it started off with somebody saying, "If you're struggling and if you have moments of insecurity and all the rest of it, yes, I went through all of that." Right at the very beginning of the ceremony, I thought that was a that was a yes. struck a nice a nice note. Yeah, and I think that like the example of someone standing there with a BAFTA and saying, I was going to quit acting yeah. and, and, and sort of now here yeah. I am. I think, I, yeah, great. I, I love that award. I love that it exists. Um, and I do like that it's voted for by the public as well. Yeah. yeah. She comes out of the Identity Acting School, which of course John Boyega is the patron of. Right. And so, yeah, so I, I thought that was a deserving win. Special visual effects, Black Panther. Which I, which I think is weird. I think, really yeah, because I, I thought some of the visual effects in Black Panther felt a little bit off sometimes. Whereas really? I thought Infinity War was mostly pretty great. But I thought, like for example, the the CGI fest that's in the third act of Black Panther felt like it was out of like early two thousands X Men sometimes, where that the camera was moving with the characters and just oh, it all just okay. felt a little bit weird to me. Um, but I suppose like it's just another mark it's going to the same company so who yeah. cares like yeah. it's it's probably the same team that would have got up and, and collected the award but yeah personally I think that like yeah like, like it, it should have been okay. Avengers the only thing I'd say about that is I think if you look at something I mean Ready Player One the clip they played from Ready Player One was a mess was, yes was exactly what yeah. you're talking about First Man kind of gets a little bit overlooked because because it's so it looks so physical. It doesn't look like special because they effects. they built a huge screen for yeah. it, didn't they? I also yeah. think that like um, is it nom it's not nominated, but I thought that um, 
Mission Impossible Fallout as well like doesn't have that many visual effects but where it uses them yeah. is really really like impressive but like the whole thing about Mission, Mission Impossible Fallout is it, this really is Tom Cruise really doing, doing stuff. This stuff so I bet they don't want visual effects in yeah, there they don't want people to think it's not real yeah. okay, um, so on to sound uh, Bohemian Rhapsody no which is weird there, but that's weird like A Quiet Place is like a so integral the sound is so integral to the story there and I think it's so strange that I mean I mean, it's obviously that it's, it's the British awards so they're gonna give it to something like Bohemian Rhapsody and okay, they so wanted you, to honour it so somewhere you think that was a that, that is it's the BAFTAs they're British it's a British film absolutely yeah and I, I, I think that in that one I would have given it to any of the other ones over Bohemian Rhapsody I think that A Quiet Place especially and I also I'm I'm gutted that um, you were never really here isn't on there because I thought that you sound so brilliantly but you were never really here it was kind of been overlooked completely everywhere. yeah I was so happy to see it was nominated for best British film yeah that's I, you know just to even see it up there I, I just I was like yes <laughs> Sorry. Thing, you were never really here now opening can you know nearly two years yes back, and that was when it, it was, won best film didn't it no she won best uh, uh, best writing and right. she won best actor right um, so you know a, a win for Lynn Ramsey and a, and a win for Joaquin Phoenix but by the time it then opened and came into awards contention it was kind of the next year people had sort of forgotten it was about now last year that it came out that yeah. I saw it yeah. yeah but it's you know I think it's because I, I think that film is brilliant I think it's a real shame that it was overlooked the only thing I'd say about sound is again I think the sound in First Man is really really important yeah and Bohemian Rhapsody I think wins it's very showy yeah it's showy and because it's a musical and they've managed to like uh, mix all of Freddie's voices with like an impersonator and you know it's it's, yeah it is impressive obviously yeah makeup and hair Uh, we have Bohemian Rhapsody The Favourite Mary Quinn Scott Stan and Ollie and Vice went to The Favourite that's so strange. I thought that the Vice was like a shoe in for that, but because I suppose there is more makeup and yeah. advice than there is in almost any film. It's like literally, is that Christian Bale or is that makeup and hair? Yeah, and best actor goes to makeup and hair. I mean, I, I have reservations about Vice, but I did think that the makeup and hair in Vice was done pretty well. But this is the start of um, this is the, the start favorite, of the favorite getting taking getting over. Okay, so then on to costume design. The lovely thing about this category was that when they opened the envelope, they announced Sandy Powell, right? Mm-hmm. And the camera cut to Sandy Powell, who was literally going... For which for one? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until they went, oh yes, it's for the favourite, because she was also up for Mary Poppins Returns. I mean, Sandy Powell, you know, a legend in the, in the world. And again... I think a very, very deserving win, but it was a great moment. Sandy Powell for, yeah, which, oh, for that one. Yeah. Yes, I'm, the other one I'm really, really glad that The Favourite is winning stuff like this as well, because I think that part of why the film works so well, and is it's so simple as a, as a film, but also so odd and weird, yeah. is because people in these departments were allowed to play around as much as they were. Yeah. Like the joke about you look like a badger wouldn't have been as funny without that makeup and hair, yeah. like being able to play with her the way that they did. And uh, I'm, this is, that's what makes it so special, I think. Ballad of Buster Scruggs in there as well. So. Really happy just to see that nominated. And as well for the Oscars yeah. as well. Like, yeah. like when it came up for, uh, I think it's up for Best Adapted Screenplay. I'm just really, really happy to see that little movie that came out of nowhere. And another Netflix movie. And yes. A, 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 another thing which obviously is a big thing this year is Netflix winning big. And after the whole thing that happened with the Cannes Film Festival saying... You know, we're not going to accept Netflix movies for competition. And then suddenly, Venice, suddenly Roma. So this has, there has now been a sea change from now and there isn't going to be any argument about whether or not Netflix movies are proper movies. Netflix knows what they're doing as well. Because I think Amazon almost had like, 
sort of the, uh, the 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 market on that. They were sort of had things like Manchester by the Sea yeah. and and uh, the Big Sick. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And now Netflix seems to have gone. Okay, we can we're going to play at this. We want some awards in our cases and our offices, and I think that they're doing such a brilliant job with it. And we'll talk about this when we get to best film. Alfonso Cuarón was very definitely saying, as far as he's concerned, Roma is uh, is a cinema film. What was your favourite um, section in Buster Scruggs? Because my favourite section in Buster Scruggs was Tom Waits. Me too. Yeah, the gold. Yeah. That brilliant. was one of the best things I saw last year. It was absolutely wonderful. Fantastic. And I, but I also thought about that particular section was that it was perfectly placed within the movie as well because you'd started to learn yeah. almost like the format of what the shorts were about. So you were like, where's the tragedy? When, when's, this gonna, when's it going to come about? And then when it does, and then it doesn't, <laughs> I thought that was like a really nice yeah. little twist on, on the sort oh, of the format of it. Yeah. Okay, on the production design, I should say that on uh, Saturday night, I was hosting the uh, British um, film Production Guild Awards. Production design is always one of the ones that um, the, the general public audiences go. I'm not entirely sure what it is. The uh, nominees were Fantastic Beasts, The Favourite, First Man, Mary Poppins, and Roma. Again, a win for the favourites. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's yeah, good. Yeah, I, I'm just happy to it see it great, winning. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and I think that they shot it in a real palace, and and the stuff that they did to that place to make it look so unique, unlike any other period piece I've ever seen. Yeah, it definitely deserves that. The weird thing about production design is, and critics are, are actually particularly poor at this, critics talk about directors and they talk about cinematographers and they talk about them, but they, they don't talk about production design. And mm. I think generally, because we're not entirely sure what production design and art direction is. If, if we're talking about stuff that's in the frame, yeah. we mean cinematography. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it, there is, and this was brought up at the, produ- at the uh, Production Guild Awards, to raise awareness of what production design is, is I think quite a big thing, and to claim ownership and authorship of a film from a production design point of view. Okay, on to editing. Again, it's one of those very difficult categories because most editors will tell you, obviously the um, the Fellowship Award went to Thelma Schoonmaker, who is this legendary editor, but every editor will tell you that the the best editing is the editing you don't notice. Yes. And, and if a film is brilliantly edited, you don't say it was brilliantly edited. That's entirely true. But I, I also think that sometimes you can notice, uh, and, and obviously I'm a filmmaker as well, so yeah. I can sort of go, oh, that was particularly like, you know, I can sort of see into it sometimes and I can't help it. Yeah. And I thought, it was. A, I was so happy that Vice won. I, I was a big fan of that movie. I know you had your problems with it, yeah. um, but I thought that the way it was cut together was so wholly unique. It sort of reminded me, actually, of the way that the, Depart- the Departed was edited, because The Departed had some really weird cuts and transitions and like ways of moving the story yeah. along. And I thought that Vice did a similar thing with all of its weird freeze framing, and and it almost felt like it was edited by somebody who is used to editing things on the internet it felt very modern and sort of experimental and that's why I thought it was very deserving of that okay well I will defer to you on that because that is an area that you know more about than I do you're a filmmaker and you have made stuff for the internet and for television so you know that's kind of your area cinematography now this was interesting because cinematography was Bohemian Rhapsody Cold War the favourite first man and then Roma the point with Roma is that Roma was shot by Alfonso Cuaron the director who then from the stage, thanked Chivo, the you know the the 
brilliant uh, cinematographer who he's always worked before, Emmanuel Lubezki. And the, it was interesting to see a director win the award for cinematography, wasn't it? Yes, it was very interesting. And I think the, the plan was not for him to shoot it himself. He wanted Lubezki right? and he wasn't available. And then he got somebody else, apparently. I think this is the case. And then okay. he, he wasn't happy with him. So now he's like credited as an operator or something like that. And, and Quaron is, it took over as DOP. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's very, very interesting to see him win. And he probably will again for the Oscars win both cinematography and director. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Okay, but here's the interesting thing. that What's significant about this is with Phantom Thread which Paul Thomas Anderson shot himself, there is no credit for cinematographer. Correct, yes. So, and I'm actually, I think that was one that was beautifully shot, but Paul Thomas Anderson said, I'm not a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I thought that when, um, when Alfonso Cuaron did his acceptance speech, he was kind of almost saying, I'm not really a cinematographer. I actually want this award to be shared with the person from whom I took all my advice. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, BAFTA, for this honor. Um, it's very well known that Ernest Lubitsch in his office had a sign frame that said, what would Lubitsch do? Billy Wilder had that about Lubitsch. And uh, for me, all the time was, what would Chivo do? So I want to share this with Emmanuel Lubezki. Thank you very much. I thought it was very nicely judged that he wasn't he wasn't saying he was a cinematographer, and I think that's what Paul Thomas Anderson was doing when, again, he wanted to work with his regular cinematographer, couldn't do it, ended up with a crew of them, because if you've ever seen a camera being used, it's not yes. an operator, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a, which of course you have done. Okay, on to original music. Right. This so is a bit strange, I think, this, yeah. this one. Lead us through the nominations. Black Klansman, If Bill Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs... Mary Poppins Returns and A Star Is Born which now, took home the BAFTA can I just say that the winner here should have been Nicholas Brattel but it should have been if Beale Street could talk it's just sorry yeah no I mean I love A Star Is Born yes yeah, so do I. And, I and I get that as well that the music in this is like Again, showy in the way that it's very integral to the way that the story moves across. It's about songs. But if Bill Street Could Talk wouldn't be the same movie if it didn't have that score on it. Yeah. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Like, it might be one of the most beautiful scores I've heard in years. Like, yeah. it's just, just mind-blowing how good it is. And to have it be snubbed by something a bit more showy is almost a little bit like a kick in the teeth. And it's like... Uh... But also, I think Bill Street has been generally... Overlooked, yes, it has. The nominations. I know I saw a tweet that you'd seen because you since the last time I saw you, you hadn't seen you have now seen Yes, you, I have. You loved it, right? Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah. I think I think that it yeah. basically achieves everything it, it intends to achieve, and that that's maybe the, the highest thing I could ever say about a film. Yeah. That there may be reservations I have personally, but in terms of what it wanted to do, yeah, I think it did all of them brilliantly. Barry Jenkins said a brilliant thing about Nicholas Brattel's score. There was a, um, uh, a program with Miranda Sawyer when she was talking about the score, a very, a very good program. And he said this thing, he said, this sounds like a criticism, but it isn't. He said, the film could exist without Nicholas Brattel's score, but Nicholas Brattel's score could not exist without the film. And he meant it as a compliment because what he meant is the score is absolutely accompanying the yes. film. It is doing the thing that a score is meant to do and I'm just in the very near future starting a, a soundtracks program on a radio on Scala Radio, and one of the first things that I was thinking about was, can, can, you know, are there excerpts that you can play 
from scores that work with the film but sound completely different when away from it. And I think that's what Barry Jenkins was saying. He's saying it wasn't a flaw, he's saying it was a, a, an absolute compliment. I, for me, that score is so integral to the film. I completely agree. Like, it's just... It sounds like the characters to me, and it, and when I yeah. hear it, it looks like the images that I saw. Yeah, it, it, I I can't imagine anything else. And just a little side note: a friend of mine went to Q and A Q&A with Barry Jenkins after seeing a screening of the film, and something that really stuck with her that she shared with me, and that immediately impacted me, that I'll share with all of you now. Can I say, please never use the phrase "impacted me" ever again if we're Why? going to be friends, because it's a terrible phrase. It's, a, it's oh, not. It's not sorry. A I'll, I'll try and yeah, stop. Okay. Don't. I'll try and and, okay. and try and dispose don't, and of also, that. Also, don't ever reach out. Okay. I might shout it at you next time (laughs) which had an impact on you yes um so barry jenkins said that in the in the film uh when he says i'm going to build as a table and at the end they have a table it's not the table that he wanted but it's the table they have and i was like whoa right in the heart wow like what i didn't even think about it and as soon as as soon as it said you're like that's so obvious of course it's that and i just thought that was beautiful yeah. actually yeah just really really beautiful I loved it I, I, I just thought it was wonderful on supporting actor okay so the two the two clear standouts here so Mahershala Ali who is you know favourite across the yes. board and will will, will win everything yeah and is terrific in Green Book I mean there is the question in Green Book of whether he actually is a supporting actor yeah he's not no, the, the same, the same way that Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz aren't supporting actors in the yeah. favourite, but it's political. But even more it? so, I think, in the case of this, because in, t- in terms of him and Viggo Mortensen, the reason that Viggo Mortensen is up for lead actor is because, obviously, from the film company's point of view, they don't want two people competing for the same award. But the fact is that Viggo Mortensen is only lead actor because the, 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 the narrative is nominally seen through his character's yeah. point of view. Yeah. But there's no question. Well, he learns not to be racist That's anymore. Right, yes. <laughs> but there is no question that Mercer Ali is a leading role in that. I do think there was a lot of it. So the other nominees, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, uh, Sam Rockwell for Vice, uh, Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy, and Richard E. Grant for um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I this I called this wrong. I thought that here, I mean, I have no doubt that Herschel Raleigh will win Supporting Actor at the Oscars, dead cert. Without a doubt. But I did think that Richard E. Grant had a chance at the BAFTAs. That's so interesting. And I, I think that it's because it's English again. Yes, that is a, 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 it's British. You know. I'll be honest. I don't get what all the fuss is about with this role. With, 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 with Richard E. Grant. Oh, okay. I don't get what all the fuss is about. So I heard that he was getting like nominated across the board and he was delighted with it. And I love seeing what he's doing on social media. Like from when he got the role in Star Wars to now when he's getting nominated for every award, the, the videos he makes are just the most charming things I've ever seen and I'm so excited for him and and the fact that he's got all this like boyish excitement <laughs> in him still that he's you know he's, he's a 60 yeah and he's a 60 something year old man I think um, but I watched this film and I kind of liked it I thought it was fine I thought the performances raised it but ultimately I thought that I mean this this might diminish what he did but I thought he was sort of just playing flamboyant gay man and that was kind of all okay. he was doing you I thought you were about to I was about to slap you. I thought you were about to say he was playing Withnell. Right, no, no, no. Fine, okay. Because the, 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 the criticism... You're wrong, it's only... The criticism that's been levelled to get about this is it's him playing Withnell so years later, and it's not. It is In many ways, it's the polar opposite of Withnell. Right. The whole thing with Withnell is he's 
Um, he's somebody who wants to be an actor but can't be an actor and is completely full of self-confidence and you know, and in your face and, and completely emotionally open in a way which is terrible and raw. In this film, he's playing somebody who is performing. Yes, constantly, yeah. the front of being, you know, oh, everything's fabulous, when actually you know that it isn't fabulous, that it, everything's falling apart underneath. And so they, they, they were different, although I did think yeah, actually... Yes, and I, I think... I, I know what you're saying and he is putting on a performance but I think that that's my ultimate problem with Can You Ever Forgive Me is that I think that whenever it wants to lean into something that maybe is you know all is lost or something bad is happening to the characters it doesn't ever lean far enough okay. like even the fa- the best sequence in the whole film which is her stealing the, the documents yeah. and when she leaves the tension there they don't hold on it long enough for my for my taste it, it just sort of lets you leave that situation with too much with too much pace and I, I was like no let me stay there let me feel how horrible this felt when she was doing it okay. and the same the same with the when Richard E. Grant is revealed to have more struggles yeah. it doesn't feel like it properly leans into them enough okay but I disagree because I think that the, the, the te- I think the idea of having two fundamentally unlikable characters spending mm-hmm. a lot of time together not liking each other is I mean it's kind of like it's like Midnight Run. It's, you know, this shouldn't work, but it really does. And actually, I thought that the, the two things I really liked about um, Can You Ever Forgive Me, firstly, you know, it is Nicole Holofsen's script, and she was originally going to direct it. I think Mario Heller has done a brilliant job of directing it, but I like the script, and I, it feels very Nora Ephron to me, and I'm a huge Nora Ephron fan. And secondly, I like the fact that it doesn't take the rough edges off the characters, that they are they are every bit as, you know, when, when uh, her agent says to Melissa um, McCarthy's character based on a true story she said you know you can you can behave like that when you're famous but when you're not famous you stop you cannot be such a bitch and I thought I thought that was really dumb yeah well. I, I think there are some good moments in it and like I said I did mostly like it I think okay. that in, in terms of just what it's about I'm yeah. I'm sort of bored of seeing writers who can't write and <laughs> having conversations with agents and them saying like I've got no, no one wants to buy anything from you and her going why and Didn't you like the central irony that it's a story about somebody finding their voice by imitating the voices of other people yeah I love that but I, I feel like just because that idea and theme is, is there doesn't mean that the way oh, it's executed okay. it would right. necessarily so, work for so me. So Herschel Rally for sporting actor. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Although, I, to be honest, I would have given it to Timoth- Timothy Chalamet. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And, you and love Beautiful Boy, right? So I didn't love it, but I, I thought it was painful and and brilliant in all the right ways yeah. I don't think it's one of those ones that I'd want to watch again but um, just in terms of just the way that the story moves along I think that you're used to you know um, somebody struggling and then coming out of it yeah. and then that being the story whereas this was a constant battle with that yeah. format and I thought that that was like really hard to almost watch because you, all you were hoping for was it to get better yeah. and I thought it was really brave of the film to keep that that um, cycle going because that's what addiction is like and I thought that Timothy Chalamet disappeared into that the, the scene that they keep showing the one of him in the diner yeah. where he's saying like I was your special little thing and now you don't like who I am anymore like when he's doing that there's no irony there's nothing in his eyes like he just is in that moment and I don't feel like he's read that in a script yeah. whereas like with Mahershala Ali he's brilliant and, he, and he's so watchable um, but I feel like you know, it's the tone of the film as well, but I can almost see Mahershala Ali doing a performance in a way, not in a sort of, dimin- I don't want to diminish what he does, but like, I thought that Timothy Chalamet was just outstanding for, well, for what he did in that I film. Think it's a, I think it's a very good role. I mean, the film did get to me and it did, it did feel painful. It did make me cry. I am, I am also very aware of the things that are wrong with it. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, when I was, uh, when I was a teenager, I remember seeing Christiana F, which was a film that felt like it was directed at teenagers. Mm-hmm. And, this feels much more like it's a film that, although it's based on the memoirs of both the father and the son it felt much more like it was directed on, yeah. 
It's a film which begins with somebody in an office saying, my son is a drug addict, can you tell me about drugs? Yeah. And also, which has been pointed out by my, com- uh, my colleague Simran Hans, actually features a moment in which he goes into the kid's bedroom and finds a notebook which says, I am a drug addict, yes. which, is what, which was like, you know... And the, and the music as well in that yeah, movie the is choices. so overwrought, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. insane, the, the choices sometimes. Yeah. But, but at, the, at other times, like the, the, the scene with Nirvana... Um, where they're singing along to it yeah. and then it just compl- it cuts to the reality of, of the present and the music's still playing it goes from being this really fun father and son yeah. moment to being completely horrific and the music works for both moments so that really works oh, but okay, then there's scenes point. with opera that are a bit too much they, they just felt an awful lot of time that the soundtrack was hitting me over the head saying now feel bad now <laughs> okay supporting actress Amy Adams Claire Foy uh, Emma Stone Margot Robbie and Rachel Weisz, who of course won. Uh, surprise there? N- no, because I think at the Oscars, Regina King is almost like locked in to win it. Yeah. Whereas here, she's not nominated at all. No, which I have to say is a huge oversight because she, her, I'm sorry, supported. I mean, I think these are great. I think Rachel Weisz is brilliant in the favourite. But if Regina King was in that particular category, it would be Regina King. Because right. Because yep. she's just brilliant I'm, but I'm so happy to see Rachel Weisz take that home yeah. I thought that she was fantastic just brilliant Well, very well deserved everyone in the favourite is obviously just as good as the last one yes yeah, yeah yeah so um, Claire Foy is brilliant in First Man that's a very very difficult role um, the Emma Stone I mean I thought it was great that when Olivia Colman said we're all leading yes which I think was, was it but I do think Regina King is a notable omission from that category and she totally. she will win the Oscar right definitely yeah I'm, I'm pretty certain yeah yeah okay uh, on to leading actor so Bradley Cooper for Star is Born Christian Bale for Vice Steve Coogan for Stan and Ollie Viggo Mortensen for Green Book which we talked about before and the winner is now you and I did a, a one of these podcasts about Bohemian Rhapsody and you said you know the thing is if there was any justice in the world Rami Malek would not only be nominated for best actor but would win and we both laughed because evidently there was no way in hell that was going to happen here it is here it is yeah and he is I think uh, again a lock for the Oscar now for for best actor I think he's absolutely got it I think Christian Bale was he won the Golden Globe and I think that Everywhere else, pretty much Rami Malek has taken it. Who won the? Is, is, there, is there only one Golden Globe? For no, the, so so uh, Rami Malek won for drama. For drama and and Christian Vice Bale for musical co- or comedy. Co- or so comedy like yeah. Golden Globes getting everything the wrong way round. Yeah, yeah, again. And um, yeah, I, th- I think that Christian Bale was almost like competing neck and neck, and then he's almost fell away in the race. And Rami Malek is now just far away. So you think in, he will from, win the Oscar? I think it's almost a hundred percent guaranteed. And how do you now feel about the fact that you said because when you said it that. It, it almost felt a bit funny, yeah. Well, it was good because the film had opened to terrible yes. reviews and decent box office. And we were talking about it saying, you know, all these reviews, we, we actually like things. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I said on the podcast as well, but, you know, a big statement and it's very my generation as well. But I think that um, Rami Malek is the best performance I've seen on screen in 10 years probably since Heath Ledger's Joker I think that, I, that just watching the screen Heath Ledger did win posthumously best supporting best supporting actor, actor. yeah and, and I think that it's the role within the last 10 years that I have not seen the actor where like when he's on screen I'm like there's Freddie Mercury and I think Fre- Christian Bale is fantastic in it and what he did was great yeah. um, but some of the sometimes he felt a bit 
Bruce Wayne Batman but in a fat suit and not again not to diminish what he did because he's incredible <laughs> I'm sort of uh, talking like this and it's, just, it's great and he's doing such brilliant work okay, the thing that Christian Bale is doing is the irrelevant pause that tells you that it's I just think that maybe if I were to get a sandwich <laughs> there, are, there are huge this must be really good acting because there are huge pauses that I could drive and he's sort of talking out of one side of his mouth as well um, where, yeah Rami Malek I thought yeah, he's and, and brilliant he's brilliant an American doing an English accent as well and with Emma Stone as well she's doing a brilliant job but sometimes you can oh there there it is there's the, there's this sort of American doing an English accent sometimes only very slightly but with Rami Malek I'm like oh that's just Freddie Mercury well, you were at the, the show that I do at the BFI when Rami yes. Malek did the thing about talking through the accent about how you know it's inflected by his his part you know all the different elements and he was do- you know and and it was it was like a real masterclass in somebody yeah. putting together a voice wasn't it, it, it was completely extraordinary and just around mannerisms and everything just yeah. the way he sort of with the fake teeth bit his own lip and things like that just all and, and the way that his top lip would hide his teeth because he was yeah. embarrassed of yeah. them like all those mannerisms were just there and it doesn't feel like impersonation either yes give it more rock and roll well, I'm always up for that, Fred. Put your body into it. Right, okay. Put my body into it. I got it. Not like that. No, I got it. I got it. A bit All more right. soul. A bit more soul. A bit yeah. more heart. I'll do that. We good to go, Roy? You good? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's the operatic section. You're going to love it. The operatic section. I know. It's, it sounds crazy, I love it, Fred. but I, I don't love know. It. it could be a flop. It could work. I love it. <laughs> what have we got to lose? <laughs> Nothing. If you say so. Okay, let's go. So we must also address the fact that the elephant in the room was Brian Singer's name was taken off the nomination. Dexter Fletcher was thanked. I'm so, I cheered yeah. like like in the room when when he mentioned Dexter Fletcher because he's been almost again sort of hidden well it's weird because everybody knows that Brian Singer was fired Dexter Fletcher took over Dexter Fletcher actually was one of the people who was originally in the frame for it and now he's done Rocket Man and he was the person who was brought in to finish the film and there but he didn't I don't know the thing about credit whether he didn't he's, want credit he's got a credit for executive producer yes fine but, he, but the, the film is solely credited in direction yep. for, for, to, to Brian Singer and so not only is nobody even saying Brian Singer's name anymore they're actively thanking Dexter Fletcher because it's it seems to be now kind of generally Dexter Fletcher is yeah. the person who pulled this all together. I wouldn't be surprised. It's probably illegal, but I wouldn't be surprised if on the DVD release, Brian Singer's name was gone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the credits just don't... Right. Do you think that could happen? Well, I don't I know. Credits are contractual. Incidentally as well, I think that Rami Malek winning Best Actor, I also think that really in terms of what I think the awards should be celebrating, that is the only award Bohemian Rhapsody should be up for, in my opinion. I don't think it deserves anything else in terms of, like, you know, yeah. praise in film and, and that achievement in film. I think that that is the, 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 the most deserving one of the year, and I think it is the only one that, that Bohemian Rhapsody actually deserves in terms of nominations and awards. Uh, without a doubt. I think it almost feels like Eddie Redmayne being like that, that because I know, I know that Remy Malik is not that new kid, but he, in the film world, is now just becoming a household name. Yeah. And it almost feels like, there you go, have an Oscar, okay. now go and do what you want. You, okay, I, I'm not as certain as you are that it's locked, because I think that the damage of the Brian Singer right. revelations, which are so appalling, may still... Affect his... Still, yes, I think mm-hmm. they may still, I don't know. And also America, obviously, like, I'm way more emotionally invested in um, the story of um, Dick Cheney. Yeah. So who knows? Like yeah. that, it could go that way. But I'm I'm feeling pretty certain 
that it will go to to uh, Rami Malek. But there's there's always I, some surprises. I think he should because yeah. I think his performance is terrific. I mean, I, you know, I agree. We we all have reservations about the film. I did think it was quite astonishing when it won, uh, you know, the, the awards that it did at the Golden Globes. Yeah. outside of it, I couldn't because, believe it because even as somebody who likes the film, there are things that are evidently yeah. wrong with it. Totally. Yeah. When it won Best Drama, I was like, no, what's <laughs> happening to the world? <laughs> Okay, so moving on, uh, adapted screenplay. So this was a very popular win in the room for Spike Lee for Black Clans. And I think he's got the Oscar as well. Yeah, I think this is this is one that like they want to honour Spike Lee. I think that it's a good screenplay. I would personally, again, give it to Bill Street. I think Bill Street's screenplay is superb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spike Lee, I think it's almost like his time to win stuff as well because um, he's been this independent filmmaker that everyone knows but no one's really celebrated enough and now... He's gonna well, he's been at the Oscars before, but I mean, the I think in the case of this, I mean, I I did think when I was before the Oscar nominations were announced that we doing kind of those absurd predictions that Spike Lee had a very good shot at best director. Right. You know, I thought this this was actually the moment. I thought this was this was going to be his moment as best director to win. You know, because I think probably that's now gone away because I do think it'll probably be Alfonso Cuarón. Yes. But, but we'll get to that moment. But I do think it was it. It was a, a very, very uh, welcome win. It, I do think that film's written brilliantly. Great that he was as upfront about Jordan Peele's role in, in you know, said Jordan calling Peele me up and gave me the six-word six pitch, pitch. Yeah, which I thought was just fantastic. Yeah, and, and it is—it's an amazing pitch. Black man infiltrates the Klu- Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, I want to see that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and there was a there was an interview afterwards where somebody said, you know, if you win at the Oscars, will you get political? And he said. Does the sun rise? Is the moon in the sky? And then he went, is Prince Purple? Is James Brown? Is Barry White? (laughs) (laughs) He's clearly been preparing all that. I was lucky enough to sort of see him at the... um the after party thing last night and I just shook his hand and told him his film was fucking awesome <laughs> and he was like thanks man <laughs> and just kept I did, going I did it on stage with, uh, with him and John David Washington I think he's brilliant yes he is uh, really really great and again somebody I, you know I, I think with awards worthy stuff and um, and he was he was very good because he was he was combative as he always is and uh, but he was he, you know he, re- he thinks everything through. There's no question that you can throw at him that he hasn't thought through and that he hasn't figured out tonally about the film because it's really difficult taking that film and doing it with a kind of anarchic comedic tone which then turns to, to, to horror absolutely on a, on a knife edge. And the other thing I re- realised about this, I was doing this on stage with these two so, you know, great uh, filmmakers and on one side was... Spike Lee, and he was wearing this, you know, this kind of Spike Lee outfit, and on his feet he had a, a set of um, these really rare Prince trainers that looked like they were worth like a million dollars. And to the other side was John David Washington, who had this fantastic pair because he was an athlete, and he had this fantastic pair of trainers, all this thing. And I looked down at my feet. I, I, this is true. I was wearing minion socks. <laughs> It was a Q&A for like, literally wearing minion socks. You could not have looked more like who is the old white person sitting between them. But at the same time, like if Spike Lee were wearing minion socks, he'd make it work. Yeah, can I just say that that wouldn't happen? <laughs> okay. I tell you something as well, at the, at the BAFTAs... He I don't brought up my socks. Well, <laughs> I don't think this was uh, in shot, but when Rami Malek won Best Actor, yeah. Spike Lee leapt into no, the air. Yeah, because, because they worked together yeah. before. And yes, no, absolutely, that was in shot. That mm-hmm. was on the television. It was a great moment. He leapt in the air and they hunt each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that was great. 
moving on to best uh, original screenplay. Uh, it was Cold War, Green Book, uh, Roma, and Vice, and the winner went to The Favourite. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I've got nothing bad it's to say about that. Yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I haven't read it. I would love to read it. Um, I just think that it's so incredibly, like... Oh, just weird and funny and dark and, and 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 incredibly personal at the same time. I think the great thing about it is that it's a screenplay that Deborah Davis wrote some years ago, like that twenty was, years ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. That she wrote a, a, a version of it, and that was then taken on by Tony McNamara, who did all the rewrites, and I think changed it quite substantially. But it what what's wonderful seeing the two of them on stage together is that they are both clear that it's a collaboration so she spoke first she said you know my first BAFTA for my first screenplay yeah and now my favorite writer Tony McNamara who was so it's just brilliant to see because often you hear about you know somebody wrote this and somebody rewrote this there's kind of you know, this fighting and squabbling they it, they really seem to be a perfect example of how two writers complement each other yeah and, but it's not that they were passing scripts between one person did this and then another person did this and then at the end of it they, it's a it's a combined effort, which I thought was really terrific. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the credit for the favorite will go to Yorgos Lanthimos because it's so incredibly stylish yeah. in his way. But that screenplay, I think, is better than any of the other screenplays that he has adapted previously. It's a great bit of writing. It's a really, really, it's a terrific piece of writing. Okay, on to animated film. I know that you were punching the air for this. So I was. Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, and the winner was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So incredibly happy for that. I was wearing Spider-Man cufflinks to support uh, my best friends, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So I wear minion socks and you wear <laughs> Spider-Man cufflinks. Yeah. <laughs> and incidentally, Chris Miller was also wearing his... Minion socks. Very good, yes. No one else <laughs> has minion socks, Mark. He was wearing Spider-Man cufflinks as well. And we got a picture together with our Spider-Man, like holding him up. And he let me hold his BAFTA. I was like, this is, this is, I don't want to give this back. This is a moment. And also, I'm just, they're so deserving of it. They're some of the freshest voices in Hollywood it was a shame that they got kicked off a Star Wars movie for being too fresh <laughs> that's right stop uh, coming up with new stuff <laughs> <laughs> do the old things <laughs> stop it yeah and then I mean what a brilliant way to, to, what a brilliant thing to do to get fired from Star Wars and then go alright now we're going to do that. Mm. And, 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 and it probably gave them more time to be able to really concentrate on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm speculating, but like, what a brilliant thing. Like in, at the start of the year, Solo comes out, in my opinion, one of the worst films of the year. And then towards the end of the year, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, one of the best films of the year with the directors that got fired from that one. Yeah. Well, look, from Solo to Solo, so in documentary, the winner in the documentary category was Free Solo. It was up against McQueen, uh, RBG, They Shall Not Grow Old, and Three Identical Strangers. Now, that is a really, really tough category, don't you think? Yeah, I, I haven't seen all of them, I'll admit, but Three Identical Strangers it's and... astonishing. Yeah, and They Shall Not, they grow, not grow Old. old is yeah. one of my favourite films of the year. I thought that what people... That was just one of the most upsetting, like, visceral experiences I've ever had in the cinema. Like, Hazel struggled with it when we saw it together. But Three Identical Strangers plays out like a thriller. Like, I was watching it and being like, I want to see this, like, properly, like, fictionalised. But also, like, I can't believe that this isn't fiction. (laughs) This is incredible. And and Free Solo, I I haven't seen. But I want to... I have seen Free Solo. And here's the thing with it. I mean, I'm frightened of heights. right? Right, right, right. So... Seeing Free Solo for me was like, you know, because it's it's a film about obsession and mm-hmm. it's a film about being driven to do this. This is, this is free climbing up against, you know, sheer rock faces. 
And it's partly about that, and it's also partly about you know what would drive somebody to do that, and the kind of you know the what what they're wrestling with in order to you know the the, the climbing becomes almost more important than their human relationships, and it's very interesting on that. The footage of the climbing is just absolutely terrifying. Right. And I, and I am really scared of heights. So it was like watching it through my fingers going, this is just crazy. Yeah. Is that what you would have picked if you were, if you were going to pick one? Personally, I would have gone for They Shall Not Grow Old because right. I, I was so invested in that. But I do think Free Solo is a, is a, is a very, very good... It, it is a terrific piece of work. And, you know, National Geographic being involved in it and everything. I think it's... No, I think it's really good. And again, you know, another important female filmmaker win, which I think there was a lot of diversity in the wins from BAFTAs the wind does appear to have changed and that's very good and what about um, did, you, did you manage to see uh, Won't You Be My Neighbour I think that's called yeah no not yet about good. Mr Rogers yeah no I adored it yeah. and was shocked actually to see especially that it wasn't nominated for an Oscar because I thought it was just yeah just beautiful just gorgeous like just so lovely to, to watch just so heartwarming uh, and I you know we in the UK don't know too much about um, Mr Rogers so it was nice to actually like see his story told and also to like invest in it as much as I'm sure all the American audiences already have. It's an invitation for somebody to be close to you. The greatest thing that we can do is to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so on to film not in the English language. Uh, the contenders were Capernaum, Cold War, Dogman, Shoplifters, and the winner was... Roma obviously so I saw Shoplifters I thought that was brilliant it's fabulous yeah really really good Capernaum is really really terrific and I have to say I thought that had a shot Cold War I love I absolutely love Cold War and I thought that what was going to happen was that Cold War would win film not in the English language and Roma would win best film I thought that's the way it would divide right 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 when incidentally uh, it when Roma wins everything yeah yeah, that's right (laughs) except for the ones that the favourite won um right or wrong yeah I mean it would be nice to see something else get that at the Oscars if Roma is going to sweep the way it did here yeah just because like 
It doesn't need all of it, does it? <laughs> Do you need that many? Give some of them back. <laughs> Share. Yeah. Okay. Outstanding debut by British writer-director. Now, I was really pleased by this, by the British writer-director or producer. Uh, the pictures in contention were Apostasy, which is terrific, A Cambodian Spring, which is really great, which I did an introduction for recently for the BFI player, uh, Pilly, uh, Ray and Liz, and the winner was Beast. And I thought Beast was brilliant. I think Jesse Buckley is terrific in it. Have uh, you seen Beast? Okay, you need to see Beast because it is really, really good. It's a really, it's the kind of film that could only have been made here because obviously it's set on Jersey, but it's got a very kind of particular feel about it. And it's an intense psychological thriller with a kind of fairy tale element. And it's brilliantly handled by the by the cast. And I thought it was, I thought that was a very, very good win. I was very, very pleased. For I really that. like Johnny Flynn. So yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's currently on stage in uh, True West with. Um, with Fit Kit Harrington, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently getting great reviews, so, you know. I think he's just been cast as David Bowie as well. In? In a, a biopic of, uh, of of David Bowie called Starman, I oh, think. Oh, okay. Directed by Dexter Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> is it called Starman? I think it is. But um, Duncan Jones isn't very happy about it. Oh, okay. And, it, and he's like... There's no. Well, he's not happy about the about the the film itself. about the film itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, I don't know if they're going to be making this without any of my father's music because I can tell you that no yeah. one owns the rights to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Well, I know that they always resist. I mean, I and, yeah. and Todd Haynes, of course, when he was making Velvet Goldmine. I mean, you know, despite the fact that that film is called Velvet Goldmine, there isn't. But he isn't in it, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the, the music stuff. And, okay, so outstanding British film goes to the well. Okay, and then on to Outstanding British Film. So, no surprise here. Beast was up for it. Bohemian Rhapsody, McQueen, Stan and Ollie. You were never really here. There's the moment at which... I'm so happy it was there. But, of course, it went to The The Favourites. Which we're, we're already starting to sound a little bit like The Favourites. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and Roma, and The Favourite. And, and, but, like... It's only because you get, you get bored of saying it, but really they are massively deserving but of these wouldn't roles. wouldn't it have been great if you were never really here and won that? Absolutely, yeah. If it did, I think I would have been on my feet for the rest of the award show. Yeah. Like, I, I like, oh, it was, I love, I love that film. It's been overlooked. And it's, it's so overlooked. It's outrageous. And as well, I mean, two white men talking about this, but like, Lynn Ramsey has made a film that's, you know, for all intents, and pur- all intents and purposes, not specifically like, oh, a female-orientated movie or whatever. She just made a film that she thought was an interesting movie and she's not been nominated for Best Director or anything. I think she wrote You Were Never Really Here yeah, as she, well. Yeah, she won the award at Cannes for right. the screenplay, yeah. Right, yeah, so like, yeah, why is Lynn Ramsey not getting nominated for, you know, my favourite film of last year, which is, and she directed and wrote it, like, she's her especially thing is what I'm mostly really annoyed about is like it, it, when they're struggling it seems to find uh, diversity in, in their in their nominations there was the best one and you haven't honoured it in any way well in that case let's go to the elephant in the room for the best director the category okay which is Spike Lee for Black Klansman Pavel Pavlikovsky for Cold War, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favourite Alfonso Cuaron for Roma Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born all good contenders, yep. but an all-male list. Yep. Same as the Oscars. And this is in a year in which you were never really here. It was up for contention. In which Deborah Granick's Leave No Trace, which was my favourite film of the year, was up for it. In which uh, Marielle Heller could have been nominated for um, Can You Ever Can Forgive, you forgive Me? Yeah. You Don't Love, but it's up for several awards. In which uh, Chloe Zhao was up for, could have been up for The Rider. In which we had, there was, you know, the whole th- argument is always, well... 
all the awards are doing is reflecting the state of the industry, which is that many more film, many more feature films are directed by men than are by women. But this was a year in which there was a whole swathe of really impressive awards contending stuff that was directed by, and in both the BAFTAs and the Oscars, all male lists. And also, I don't like that, oh, we're just reflecting the industry. How about you set an example for what you want the future of the industry to be, rather than just like... Well, we're how about you nominate Deborah Granick, who directed the best film of the year, I'm sorry, but there we go, where is Leave No Trace in any of these nominations? That isn't a bit... You love Leave No Trace, right? I haven't seen it. Oh, Jack, you have to see okay, Leave No Trace. I will, I it's, will. It's... I just missed it when it was coming out. It, yeah. Here's the thing. Everybody missed it when it was right. coming out. It was a film that was that it, it did not get the attention it should have done. It was really weird. It played at festival. It got brilliant reviews. People went, wow, this is so great. And then it didn't find an audience. But isn't it depressing that, yep. it, you know, of this year of all years, mm-hmm. to have an all-male list? Completely, yeah. And... And what, what what can you do other than just be a bit sad about yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. A bit like, well, <laughs> but Alfonso Cuaron, uh, very deserving win. Like, he, 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 I think more this, so than Spike Lee. I think so. Yeah. I, okay. I, I I so I liked Black Klansman, um, but I wasn't blown away by it. Whereas I thought that Roma, like let, Roma, left me. I don't know how it left you, but like after half about half an hour afterwards, I was feeling or, or more. I probably just pulled myself out of it. But I was like emotionally just sort of like distraught after Roma it was just so much to go through okay. I think um, Roma is really good I don't think it's my favourite film of the year it's not my favourite film of the year as well I think it's an achievement yes I think it is an achievement I think it is really good but I also respect that it's a massive passion project as well yeah. and it's a, it, well, I think the way he describes it is it's like it's about my childhood but it's not a, from my point of view yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it's like Pavel Pavlikovsky's Cold War being inspired by his parents but not being about his parents it's a similar kind of there's an autobiographical thread all the way through it um I do think, again, that the Roma thing, which is also important, is this is a Netflix movie, and look at all these kind of major awards that it's winning, which brings us to the big one, best film, Black Klansman, the favourite, Green Book, A Star is Born, and the winner is Roma. Although, so, actually, I think at the moment they said the winner is Roma, it could have gone either way, because yeah. I almost expected them to say the favourite. Yeah, which is interesting, because um, I, I actually thought, going into the BAFTAs, before they started announcing anything, I thought that Green Book was going to win best film here. Oh. Because it was starting to gear up into into that direction that Green Book was sort of sweeping a few okay. things. And I thought that Green Book was going to be a surefire for the BAFTA, and that Roma was going to win best picture at the Oscars. Okay. Um, but they they surprised they surprised us and went and went for Roma and and Roma how many how many did it win overall because I know the favourite won seven loads. awards it won, lo- yeah, won loads did, did the favourite win the most awards oh did it uh, no I, I listen this is this is always the statistics thing yeah, because yeah, 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 uh, we're yeah. currently making a secret of cinema about about awards ceremonies and it is like astromaths after a while <laughs> you know because there are so many awards ceremonies now and you go and you, you you literally just become dazzled by statistics I think what we'll all take away from this is that the big winners were the favourite. And Roma. And the fact that Roma is, as well won best film, best director, best cinematographer, and best foreign language film. Those are the massive ones. Okay. That is, I, I think that's... And the fact that it took away all of those, and it's mostly for the same guy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that <laughs> is insane. And that's probably why he's sweeping as well, because everyone's going, wow, he did this. You know, not on his own, but like yeah. he definitely was driving it. Right, Jack, we're going to do the thing nobody should ever do. We're going to go very quickly through the Oscars and uh, you and I choose what we think is going to win. So, okay. best picture, uh, just for this, I'll do the contenders Black Klansman, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favourite, Roma, Green Book, Star is Born, and Vice. Roma. Yeah, Roma. I, I think it's absolutely getting it. 
Best Director, Alfonso Cuaron, Yorgos Lanthimos, Spike Lee, Adam McKay, Pavel Pavlikovsky. <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron. You think? Yeah, I think he's got it. Yeah. Okay. He's won before, hasn't he, for, um, for, uh, for Gravity? Yeah, I'm still going to hold out for Spike Lee because I think there is a possibility. I think that Spike Lee's going to win Best uh, Original okay. Screenplay. All right, fine. Um, I think Cuaron's got that. Okay, Best Actress, Jalita Laparicio, Glenn Close, Olivia Colman, Lady Gaga, and Melissa McCarthy. Glenn Close. Yes. So that's the divide, isn't yeah. it? So it's Olivia Coleman here, yeah. Glenn Close there, and her performance in The Wife. It's, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Great. And and here's the thing as well is I've got this like theory based on nothing that it's been 50 years since um, there's been a draw for Best Actress. Oh, that's right. You think it's going to be a draw? I, I've again based on nothing just because it's like it the sounds nice. Time, the last time was Barbara Streisand for Funny Girl. Funny Girl, and it was Catherine Hepburn in- for. The Lion of Winter? Lion of Winter, Lion yeah. of Winter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The winner, it's a tie. The winners are Catherine Hepburn in Lion in the Winter and Barbara Streisand. Um, and I think that it could do it again just because it's been 50 years. That's the only, that's the only thing that... Okay, like, so... It, it could be, I, I, and if it was going to split, I would think I would give it to Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman. Yeah. I don't think Lady Gargoyle's got a chance anymore because I think she's going to win. No, no, I think that's. She's going to win Best Original yeah, Song. Yeah, I think that's that, that's that, what it's going to be. Okay, so Best Actor: Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, Rami Malek, Viggo Mortensen. You're going Rami Malek. Definitely Rami Malek, without a doubt. I think you're right. Okay. I think you're right, and I think you called this very early, and I'm still, but it, it's. I think you're right. Okay, Rami Malek. Okay, I'm very pleased to see that that, that uh, see, see him get that. Yeah, best supporting actress: Amy Adams, Marina Zavira, uh, Regina King, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz. Clearly, Regina King. Regina right. King's got it. Yeah, 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 dead yeah, yeah. In without a doubt. And yeah, because so. as well, all the votes for Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz would knock the other one down, and yeah. then yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna. Yeah. Okay, supporting actor: Mahershala Ali, Adam Driver, Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant, Sam Rockwell, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala right? Ali, absolute dead cert. Yeah. Um, moving on. Also, remember, everybody betting is a sin. Don't take out. You know, if you, <laughs> if you bet, you lose money. It's your own fault. Okay? <laughs> Best original screenplay: The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, Vice. Mm, best original screenplay. I think. Oh, so I, I, so is is Black Clansman adapted screenplay? Yes, it? It is, okay, yeah. so it's going. Oh, right, right, right. So I think the favorite in that case. Yes, I think it's between the favorite and Green Book. But then again, like with Paul Schrader, they might want to. No. Do you don't think so? No. You don't Too think he's got a chance? No. Okay. No. All right. Yeah, I think it's between the favorite and uh, and Green Book. Then. Okay. Best adapted screenplay: Star Is yeah. Born, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman. If Beale Street Could Talk, and Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I think it will be Black Klansman. Yes. Well, I think it should be. If, if Beale Street Could, could talk. talk, it definitely should be. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Original song: All the Stars. I'll fight the place where the lost things go shallow and cowboy when a cowboy trades his spurs with wings that is going to be shallow right uh, yeah but I you know I would love it to be when a cowboy, cowboy trades his spurs, spurs for wings, for wings. For I would love that so much yeah, but, but it's going to but be that shallow that isn't going to happen best original score Black Panther Black Clansman if Bill Street could talk Isle of Dogs Mary Poppins and I am going to hold out for Nicholas Brittell for if Bill Street could talk I think it's got it I think it really has um, when it comes to this I think it's actually between um, if Bill Street could talk and Isle of Dogs okay but I'm pretty certain certain Nicholas Patel has got that. Okay. Uh, Documentary, Free Solo, Hail County This Morning, This Evening, which is terrific. Mind the Gap of Fathers and Sons, an RPG. 
I mean, going off the BAFTA, maybe it could go to, to that again for yeah, to free solo. I think that's impossible to call. Best animated feature, you are absolutely certain it's going to be Spider-Man Into it the Spider-Verse. It has to be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Like, okay. I, 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 you know, out of all those ones, like, I, I don't even get why Incredibles... I mean, I get it's a brilliant animation, but Incredibles 2, I didn't think was... Okay, I'm going to go with you because I think your instinct is right on that. And finally, we'll do this. Best foreign language film, Capernaum, Cold War, Never Look Away, Roma, and Shoplifters. Roma. So you think it's going to be Roma wins best film and Roma wins best foreign language film? I think and so, yeah. bear in mind, if Roma wins best film, it would be the first time that a film shot entirely in a language other than English has won the Oscar, the best picture Oscar. Yep. Although there have been films before, like Slumdog Millionaire and mm-hmm. The Witch of One Best Picture, which have involved subtitle sequences, there has been no movie shot entirely in a foreign language that's ever won best picture, and that will be groundbreaking. And I think that that is what is going to happen. And if it, if it doesn't win best foreign language film... It definitely won Best Picture. Yes, because you kind of feel everybody else. Like, yeah. Well, we don't want to give it that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, Jack. So we will gather on the morning after the Oscars to see who got it right and who got it wrong. And and we'll see if anyone buys the other one a beer or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Incidentally, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. You're 17. Um, no, but... <laughs> Don't don't do that on the podcast. People have already got <laughs> got such a like. I ran into somebody recently and they called me. Oh, you're Young Jack from yeah, the young Jack, from the yeah. from the podcast. Yeah. I was like, no, don't make that a thing. No, it is a thing. <laughs> I'm not going to stop making it a thing. It is a thing anyway. Twenty seven today. Twenty seven years young. God, yeah. Don't make a day over twenty six. All right. <laughs> I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to this Kermit on Film podcast. Jack Howard will be back with us in a couple of weeks' time. If you've enjoyed the podcast, do remember to subscribe. And if you want to get in touch, you can get in touch through Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Kermit Movie. Send me any comments or questions. And remember, if you enjoyed it, subscribe. Thanks. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.